Just like Rakim says, it has been a long time. I am Mike Oz. And I'm Chris Wick. This is the StuPod, the Yahoo Sports Baseball Podcast. And we are back after... It seems like we haven't really done like a proper podcast in like a month, huh, Chris? No, I almost screwed up the intro because I forgot how to do it. <laughs> well, I think I did screw up the intro and you just I just improvised and you played along, so... It worked out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've been... Like, I did, a, I did sort of a one-off with Kurt Schilling when you were off, and then we just... A couple weeks, we just haven't done a podcast because we've been busy and, and, you know, trying to enjoy a little bit of, uh, I guess, post-trade deadline, August, you know, chill time. But um, things to talk about this week between uh, what, what was a, a pretty puzzling trade that just happened not that long ago. Uh, we had a we had a pretty well publicized clubhouse fight that I want to talk about, and uh, we have a pretty cool guest on the show. And coincidentally, um, something to do kind of with that trade. Uh, yes, Mighty Grandal from the Dodgers is here, and uh, he's going to join us in just a few minutes. But I think we have to kind of talk about what, what just happened about an hour ago. Uh, the Dodgers made another catcher trade uh, to, for to back up Yes, Mighty Grandal. They they traded AJ Ellis to the Phillies for Carlos Ruiz. Uh, which I, I, I was surprised by that, Chris. I was too. Um, I'm sure people are wondering why we're talking about two backup catchers getting <laughs> traded. Yeah. And I, I think that's fair because I don't think the on-the-field ramifications really matter here. I mean, Ruiz is a slight upgrade, but he's not someone I'm going to spend time thinking about other than this podcast probably. Um, but but off the field, especially on the Dodgers side, it seemed like Ellis was really well regarded within the clubhouse, and uh, he. You know, and when, when you listened, say well regarded, you mean he was Clayton Kershaw's best friend. That, well, he that, was. That's what it was. He was, but I think since the trade has happened, we've seen an outpouring from a lot of the Dodgers teammates and, yeah. uh, like Brandon McCarthy and Brett Anderson both tweeted things about how sad it is to see Ellis leave. And so he clearly made an impact there, even though uh, you don't think of him as one of the team's best 20 yeah. players. It's interesting to me because I've heard discussions about whether they should bring Puig back up. And if bringing Puig back up would like mess up the chemistry on the team since they've been playing so well. Um, and, but from the other side of it, like it, you know, is, would it mess it up taking away a guy like Ellis who, like you said, isn't you know one of, one of the guys who necessarily keeps their offense afloat, but you know, obviously is a very important part of, of that team in that clubhouse. I don't know. I think I think it's probably more interesting than what Puig would do if they brought Puig back, I think. Yeah, I, I guess I, I wonder a little bit about um, just, I, I don't know, how, I guess how much that matters. Like, we've seen the Dodgers the last couple seasons uh, – there have been, you know, reports out of that clubhouse about the the big time personalities and schisms, and it seems like some of that was was placed on Matt Kemp, and he's gone, and some of that was placed on Puig, and he's now in the minors. And so I guess I wonder if those types of players are still in the clubhouse, or if if the Dodgers felt like we could get rid of Ellis because we don't have people we're worried about personality wise here anymore. You know what I mean? And interestingly, transitioning to our guest here, who's going to join us in, in just a minute, um, talking to Yasmani Grandal, like he didn't make it sound like 
you know, much of the the up and down of the Dodgers season really resonated with them in the clubhouse. Like they didn't really look at it like, oh, you know, look at all these injuries we're having. They were they were really just sort of, you know, one game at a time, as the cliche goes. And maybe they would not necessarily care if, um, you know, they, they, I guess maybe they don't necessarily need that person to kind of bring them together. I don't know. I mean, I mean it, it, it would be interesting, I think, if we would have talked to Grandal before the trade, which admittedly, uh, I, we will admit to you guys, this happened the day before the trade. We talked to him, so uh, we didn't get to ask him about that stuff. But, but I do think it's interesting that, you know, he wasn't necessarily like, you know, oh, well, you know, this this person really kept us on track yeah. or this person kept us together. It there was, was no like, rah-rah guy. Yeah, we just play baseball every day, you know, and I don't know. I, I think it would be interesting to see what Clayton Kershaw says still. I, it's it's definitely a test of how much chemistry matters, which has kind of been a big debate among people who follow the game and people who buy into analytics because there's no way to, to measure that. Mm-hmm. And so now you're dealing away a guy who, by all accounts, was – really great and valuable in the clubhouse and it probably in the end it's going to mean nothing probably because the dodgers i can't see them totally tailing off and i can't see them going 20 and 0 and proving anything but uh i don't know it's it's just one of those things that you look at and you can point to and say uh, how much does clubhouse presence matter yeah well let's talk to yes mighty grandal about how much injuries matter and, and clayton kershaw matters and some other topics I think it'll be an interesting discussion if you're a Dodgers fan, so uh, that's coming up right now on the Stew Pod. Welcome back to the Stew Pod, everybody. Today we have the joy of being joined by Yasmati Grandal from the Los Angeles Dodgers. By far one of the most interesting teams uh, in the last two months, I would say, in baseball. Yes, Monty, how's it going, man? Oh, it's going great, man. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Uh, yes, Monty, I know you guys are probably getting a lot of questions about this, but it seems like the obvious place to start. How the heck has this team been so great without Clayton Kershaw being on the mound the last couple of weeks? Uh, you know, we, we're a solid team. I mean, you know, it's, it's a team game. Uh, obviously, having one of the best pitchers in baseball helps, but when the talent is there, you're going to win no matter what. Um, you know, uh, Kirsch is usually out there just one time, one, once every five games, so uh, we need to figure out a way of, of how to win the other four days. So, uh, you know, obviously it's, it's taking a toll uh, not having him here, but you know, uh, we pull it together, and uh, you know we we are where we are right now. With all the pitching injuries, it seems like the offense has, has definitely been carrying the load for you guys. Um, did, did something change? Is something you guys are doing different, or did someone kind of rally you all together and, and say, "Hey, we gotta you know make up for for all the hurt pitchers we have"? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I think uh, I think everybody's trying to get their their all. Um, I feel like uh, our offense has been uh, doing a great job. I feel like our bullpen has uh, carried us throughout the whole season. And, uh, you know, it just seems like uh, all we need is for our starters to go five and, you know, give it to the bullpen, let them do what they've been doing uh, the whole year. Um, But obviously we will want our starters to go a little deeper 
uh, and uh, I guess we're working on that. Everyone has, has made a big deal about you guys coming back uh, from you know catching the Giants and rising to first place over the last couple of weeks. I mean, what was that feeling like for you guys? Because you were what at some point eight games out, and now suddenly you're leading the pack. I mean, what was that like in the clubhouse? Well, you know, to tell you the truth, uh, there's no difference. Uh, you know, it's a confidence in, uh, in this team. There's a confidence about this team where we know we can do it. We know we've been there. Um, there's never any panic. Um, you know, if we lose, we lose. If we win, we win. Uh, it's all a process. And uh, we know that at the end of the day, uh, we got the talent in this team to uh, make it to the playoffs and make it deep in the playoffs. So um, there was never any doubt in our in our mind that towards the end of the season we were going to be in a in a pennant race. I, I appreciate the confidence and kind of the routine and stuff, but when you when you see the injuries pile up, is there any part where you're like, "When another one? Like, are we are we are we just do we have bad luck? I mean, how do you guys deal with you know? Oh, somebody else got hurt today." Well, you don't deal with it. You just take it as it comes, and uh, you move ahead. You got to turn the page. You can't look back at what happened. You know, you can't look back at who got hurt or who didn't. All you, all you got is, uh, you know, you got one game today, and that's you wor- all you're worried about. Um, you know, we'll think about tomorrow once he gets here. Uh, you guys are in the middle of a series with the Giants right now. Uh, you know, it's only late August, but does this already feel like you guys are, are playing in, in a postseason type atmosphere? No, not really. I mean, you got you got a whole whole of the month um, mm-hmm. where a lot of things can happen. But uh, obviously, it's good to be playing, you know, as good as we've been playing in the, in the past couple of months. Uh, keep it riding it all the way through, through this last month. Um, and uh, see see what happens. You know, there's still a lot of games left. Uh, a lot of things can happen. I, I felt like this season kind of changed the way we think of, of the Dodgers, at least in some degree. And we, we, the last couple of years, it's been, you know, the Dodgers are the, the most expensive team. You know, all, all this stuff, whatever you want to say about them. And and this year, I feel like with all the injuries, it, 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 there's almost a feeling like the Dodgers have become underdogs. Like, how how could they do this? Like, do you guys feel at any point, like because of all this, that it made you underdogs? Uh, I mean, not, if that's what if that's how they want to look at us as underdogs, you know, I'll take it any day. I'll take an underdog <laughs> over anybody in a in a in a race. I mean, um, you know, if you want to go ahead and take us slightly, uh, we're gonna come back to bite you in the, in the behind. So, um, if you think uh, we're underdogs and you want to take us slightly, uh, please be my guest. Is is there, uh, you know, again, in more injuries this week? I mean, Josh Reddick, it was only a little thing, but he hurt his finger, and you know, a couple more pitchers on the DL. Is there anybody there who's like, man, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to extra lengths to make sure I, I don't get hurt? Is anyone doing anything really extreme to to stay healthy? No, you do anything you can to play that day. Um, you know, injuries happen. It's, they're going to happen no matter what happens. Uh, you can. I've seen guys prepare over-prepared so they don't get hurt and they still get hurt. So it's going to happen. It's going to happen. You can't be thinking about it. Um, you, know, you just got to play the game. Um, no, don't, don't, don't think about what can happen and what's going to happen. Uh, give 100% that day and 
if at the end of the day you get hurt, then you think about you know what you can do to uh, get back on the field. That's that's basically uh, the main point. Stay on the field and uh, keep on winning. Uh, you guys have lost so many pitchers this year, and I know people can look at the results uh, and analyze that from the mound. But what about you know for you personally as a catcher? How does that impact your your job and your role? Have things been harder because you've had so many different guys coming in? Well, I mean, there's, there's obviously uh, some sort of skill that I have behind home plate where people say I guess uh, I call a lot of strikes. So. Um, when you have a different number of guys coming up, it makes it a little harder to uh, help them behind home plate um, as to my ability to get them strikes. But, you know, that's one of the things you got to deal with, uh, adversity. Uh, and, you know, you just got to take it as it comes. Um, so it has been somewhat tough, but... Uh, you know, you 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 gotta be comfortable being uncomfortable. So, um, like I said, you know, we'll we'll take it as it comes. As long as the guy comes up and does a good job, that's all we care about. Uh, what what about at the plate? You've really been producing the the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, batting average, home runs have been up. Uh, I know you, you had an injury at the beginning of the year that that pro or that delayed the start of your season. Is this? recent streak just kind of a matter of, of finally being healthy or is this just you being locked in at the plate at the moment? Well, I mean, being healthy and locked in at the plate, I feel like uh, it's kind of almost the same thing. So, um, at least for me. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I just uh, thank God that we're going through a pretty good streak right now and uh, I'm able to help the team with my bat as well. Uh, you know, one of the other things that has maybe been a big story with the team has been the emergence of uh, your rookie shortstop, Corey Seager. Um, can you kind of give us an idea of what it's been like to, to watch him grow in the majors this season? No, I mean, it's been great. You know, just see a star in the making. Um, you know, he's going to be here for years to come. So I'm just happy to say that, you know, I was here the first year that that happened. Yes, Monty, I know that uh, you kind of have a, a couple of guys from Miami. You guys all kind of hang out together. Um, A-Rod, of course, you know, big big Miami guy, ties to the university too. What, what was it like for you sort of to see all the A-Rod stuff that went down the last couple of weeks and, and kind of when him, uh, you know, whether he retired or, or whatever it is, like when he said goodbye from the Yankees, uh, what, what did you think about all that? Well, I don't know the guy, so I really don't have any uh... – Anything to say about it? Um, great for him. Had a great career. Uh, a lot of people want to have twenty-year careers, um, but you know, there's nothing emotionally that I guess can happen in order to you know have an opinion about it. Uh, last thing I think I want to ask. Um, you know, there, there's been so much talk I think over the last few years with the Dodgers about you know. Don Mattingly and sort of the job he was doing, and obviously now there's new managers. I think Dave Roberts has been dealt, you know, quite a few things to to handle this year. It definitely hasn't been a normal year for a manager. Um, tell us a little bit about like you know his style and, and how he's kind of kept you guys on track through what's, what's been a pretty uh, rough year, I think, in terms of you know kind of injuries and stuff. Oh, well, I mean, we got a great great group of co- coaching staff. Uh, a staff that's very smart. They know what they're doing. 
Um, you know, they've had a lot of adversity too, uh, with all the injuries and all the moves they got to do. Um, so, you know, to uh, look back and see where we are right now and how they're being able to handle that. But like, uh, you know, they've done a great job. Uh, obviously, the manager is the one that makes the makes the last call, but he also has a, a whole group of other guys that can that have helped helped him make decisions. So. Um, I feel like it's been uh, it's been a uh, a group thing, not just one guy. All right, well, Yasmani, uh, really appreciate the time. Uh, thanks for doing this, and uh, you know the the Dodgers have been one of the the more fun teams to watch over the past couple of weeks. So good luck down the the stretch here as uh, you guys fight for a playoff spot. All right, thanks, man. This- We are back on the stew pod. It is time for the uh, long, long lost reunion. Finally, me and Bad News Ramen. What's up, man? Yeah, I just got done from uh, rafting and four wheeling, and boy, are my STDs acting up, being. Oh, I forgot to mention you are the uh, who's. Oh, you are the you are the gift of gab to my chief XL. There you go. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're like, I have you no, like some underground hip hop on that one. I have no idea who you're talking about, but I, I hoping, I'm hoping they're good. I have a question for you. Uh, while, while I, uh, I want to give you the hand, a, a hand or the clap, as Edwin Encarnacion would say. Um, have you watched that show, The Get Down, yet on Netflix? Do you even have Netflix? I do have Netflix. I have not watched it. I've heard I should watch it, and whenever I get to take vacation, I think I'm going to watch it. Okay, it, it's it's definitely it's definitely worth uh, watching. I mean, anytime you have Puerto Ricans on on screen, uh, that means something because there's not a lot of Puerto Rican representation. <laughs> I'm one of those guys, right? It's good to have Puerto Ricans out there. Actually, I'm not. But uh, I'm not going to tell you you should watch it, but um, just watch it. You, you, you'll enjoy it. All right. All right. I, I imagine I would. It's in my wheelhouse. So, uh, I mean, it's great. They have, they have Grandmaster Flash as, as, one of the, uh, as one of the characters. And Cool Herc makes an appearance, too. So. But they also have Will Smith's kid. He messed up the Karate Kid, so I don't know how well, I can... Well, he's not, but he's not a he's not a major player in it. I mean, he he has some bit parts here and there, but he's he's not the driving force behind it. He, right. It's it's he's more kind of eye candy, and and, <laughs> and and actually, like if you watch the show, you you know that's a little foreshadowing right there. Eye candy. So just right. let's just right. give it from there. Want to do some strikes? Let's do strike let's one. Do some strikes. Uh, it's been such a long time. I forgot how to do it. And you didn't. Oh, even I say I say I say what's strike one, and then you you do it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, you didn't tell laugh him, tell him strike one. one. You didn't laugh at my Edwin Encarnacion joke, dude, and you keep on cutting me off, so I guess we're back to three strikes again. Okay, so uh, strike number one. uh, Oh, yeah, so uh, let's talk about uh, Billy Butler. And uh, one of your guys wrote a a story about one Billy Butler about, you know, because, of course, everybody knows by now that him and Danny Valencia got in a fight over some uh, cleats and uh, because the cleat rep was there and Billy Butler uh, stuck his head into the conversation, and then he got knocked out. And then he went on he went on a concussion protocol because he's you know Billy Butler. Uh, Any time that um, you weigh more than your average, I mean that's like a that's like a bad thing, right? And usually it's usually kind of used like oh you know good joke there because the guy's hitting like two fifteen. Billy Butler's actually hitting like two eighty two in limited action, so he's still not doing too well. Um, the thing is, is he he spoke out to you know spoke out and released a statement and he said that you know he shouldn't have put his teammates in that position and i'm saying like billy butler should have been on the deal a long time ago because he sucks so um 
you know, you can take all that PR stuff and, and just, you know, get in a fight about it because the whole thing is like, I'd rather have, if, if I was the A's, I would rather have, you know, Billy Butler on the deal for the rest of the year just so I wouldn't have to see that guy. Uh, he's not a good teammate. Uh, a couple of the Royals came out and said that he wasn't that great of a teammate. And it just kind of shows what the, what the A's are. Like, I bagged on the San Diego Padres like at the start of the year, but there you know you have coco chris not playing because they don't want to pay him his money i mean you can argue back and forth whether that's right or wrong and the other news that is coming out too is that oakland's finally like starting to look at another baseball stadium you know to build a new baseball stadium and i'm kind of saying like well why because your excuse that you have had this whole time is that you don't have enough money to fill teams and stuff and there's not enough attendance if you build a if you build a new stadium technically you should be able to be able able to make more money and my whole thing is like you know just live in the futility that you have because you're never going to make any money you're always going to complain that you don't have money and a new uh stadium ain't going to help you and billy butler definitely is not going to help you either ah billy butler i'm um i'll 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 go with you on everything i'm not gonna i'm not gonna argue any of that good job is it is this is this one of the ones where uh where like you 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 pretend to agree with me, but secretly you're like writing stuff down that you're not agreeing with me. Like that bombshell you threw like the last podcast, like three months ago. <laughs> no, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, you took it, you took it in a way. I honestly thought I was going to hear a lot about like, you know, one man needs to keep his head out of another man's business. I thought, I thought you were going to go there, you know, which, which I, I, didn't, I didn't like that dude, <laughs> but you know, you, I mean, you, you went a different direction. Well, because I'm people that already live it. I mean, you don't have to say that. I mean, you, you talk, you talk, <laughs> you talk about me and, and you mess with my, with my, uh, with my whole mo and stuff, I mean, things are going to happen. It's it's nothing new. I mean, Valencia did what he's supposed to do. Good for him. I'm not I'm not going to praise him for it. You know, we'll strike he, two. He should knock Billy Butler's butt out, Dean. Okay, uh, number two. Um, you know, you you kind of posted this story on Facebook, and uh, this is has has to do with like the and you kind of co- made a comment and just just hear me out for a second, okay? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So it's 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 about this uh it's about this coach who's the father of one of the pitchers. Yeah. And the the kid is pitching a good game. He's striking people out, and then he kind of gets into a rough patch in, in the later innings. And the coach runs out there, and he's mic'd up, right? He knows he's mic'd up, okay? And he comes out there, and he says, I love you. Dude, give me a break. I mean, seriously. I mean, that that is such like a grandstanding thing. You're a coach. I don't care if it's your kid. I don't care if it's your other kid. I mean, you're not going to go up to another kid that's not your son and go, I love you. I mean, it's like... I don't. I don't get that. And and people are are falling all over this guy because he says he loves his son. It's like there's no love in baseball, dude. And I'm like, tell the tell him to pitch that kid out. I mean, you can you can do something more better than saying I love you, right? Say I love you after the game. You don't need to say it while while you're mic'd up. You know you're, you're mic'd up. You know this is like your one chance, dude. And you're gonna say I love you. I bet you when the mic's turned on, I'm not even gonna go there. I'm not even gonna say <laughs> what he says when the mic is off. So, all I'm saying so you're is that, saying you're saying that he was using this as like a PR opportunity to make himself look good. Uh, I I'm not gonna say that. that you're le- you're that's alleging a, that. I'm not saying that's 100 percent the case, but I say that it, it was a big factor in the way he chose his words. And all I'm trying to say is, as a coach, um, you know, and granted, you've coached your kids. I've coached my kids for a long time. And I'm not gonna be one of those guys like I coach my. I don't care, dude. I mean, the whole thing is like, I don't go up to my daughter when she makes a mistake and say, "Hey, I love you." You know, it's like, no, get in there, get your butt in there. We, you know, you know what to do. We we've taught you what to do. There's certain things you have to do. Get it done. I'm going to correct you on one thing here. Go they, ahead. They were up 6-0. The kid did not appear that he was in trouble or anything. Like so it wasn't a it wasn't a hey, you know, you need to come get it together. I think it was like hey, there was he was coming out to tell him I'm going to take you out, you know, after the next batter. 
Uh, but there, it wasn't like a, hey, you're in trouble. Just remember, just remember, son, I love you. You can get through it. Like, it wasn't that. It was, you know, breaking the action. Hey, I'm going to take you out after this, but remember, I love you. Well, so, okay. So I even, mean, and, even, I, and I agree with you that he could be he could be doing that from like, a, hey, I know I'm mic'd up. I'm going to, you know, get a little get a little bit of viral fame here. But, um, you know, I, I think overall it wasn't it wasn't one of those like things where he's trying to, you know, motivate the kid through kind of touchy feely like you're so great. I love you. It wasn't that I, I didn't interpret it as that. Well, I, well, I did. I mean, why, why else would you? Why else would you go up to your kid and say "I love you" like during a game? I mean, you're you're a coach. I mean, I understand. I mean, I've like gone to like my daughters who played really well, or even like it's a point where like my daughters, where my daughter says like, "Well, I don't know how to play this position." And I just go, I don't go up to her and like, "Hey, I love you." You know, it's like, listen, like, put yourself out there. You know, like you know what to do. You know, and and, and it's like, hey, you know what? Good job. You know, there's there's ways to do it. And if they have like a great game, then I'll go up to them and say, hey, man, I, you got you busted that. Like you busted those guys up, you know, and then good job, you know, like great way to play. You know, it's it's, it's here. Here's my thing. Here, here's here's what it is. What I have a problem with. Number one, I have the problem just because it's 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 sap and, and it, it it's like the it's like kind of like a pun. Right. You know, like how I talked about my like STDs and stuff and everything like that. Or I talk about then You know, that's more of a metaphor. But anyways, what I'm trying to say is that when you when a coach says that I love you, it becomes about the coach and doesn't become about the kid. So that's, you know, that's kind of like, that's the problem that I have. It's like, if, if he's, if he's going to his son and he says like, Oh, I love you. It's like, no, it's like your son, you know, your son's number one. And, and I don't think when this kid's like 11 or 12 years old, you know, that he wants to hear his dad or have any of the players hear his dad say that. I love you. I mean, that guy's going to get his butt kicked, dude. I'm mean, give me a break, man. <laughs> Am I right? I'm right, dude. Oh, I, and you're don't... <laughs> I love you. I mean, come on, man. Come let's on. Strike, let's strike three. Um, I just want to say, Mike, uh, you're doing a good job. Um, I'm going to take you out after this podcast, but I love you. Um, first of all, I love you. Um, strike number three is let's talk about a uh, good old purple lips. Um, hey, your boy. Also, also known as a rod, also known as Alex Rodriguez. And here's the thing. Like I, um, I refuse to call a rod, a rod. Um, I always called did. him purple lips. Well, did. no, let me hear Mike. I love you. Let, let, <laughs> let me hear hear this out for me you're supposed to tell you love me because i'm kind of fumbling around right now i think you need to take I, me I out guess, i guess i love you maybe okay <laughs> so here's what i said before you cut me off is that i refuse to call him a rod i always called him purple lips until he won a world series for the uh yankees the second that he won the world series for the yankees um you know he became i was allowed myself to call him a rod a uh, couple things is that you know i wanted to talk about this before we took our little hiatus um but i really liked during uh, a rod's kind of quote unquote um, retirement speech because he's not retiring. He's going to play for Miami next year. Um, but I like how he, he pulled out like the papers, you know, and usually like when you pull out papers, you, it's like a well thought out thing and, and you're writing stuff that's really eloquent, but he brought out these papers and he didn't say, he didn't say anything. I mean, he wasn't saying a word like you, I mean, the whole thing is like, this guy's like trying to cry, right? He can't even bring himself to cry. And this is kind of what, what, what I'm kind of, you know, this whole thing with a rod is, is okay. Yeah. You know, he was pinched for PEDs, but I mean, the whole thing was, I mean, David Ortiz was as well, or suspected of, and we love these guys, Bartolo Colon, we love these guys, but we don't like A-Rod. I think the thing that went wrong with A-Rod was kind of the $250 million contract, right? I mean, the second that he got that $250 million contract, uh, he was the representative of the league. It was a crazy amount of, of, of money, and he has just fallen flat on his face every time he's tried to talk. People don't like him because he got paid too much. Uh, he seems really fake with everything with what he does. I mean, that press conference was another one. I mean, like, you're not saying anything. It's kind of like, 
when I, I'm going to relate this to like, and I'm going to get pretty deep here, but when uh, uh -huh. we got attacked on nine, when we got attacked on nine eleven, and George Bush, you know, like addressed the country, and he made us, he didn't inspire us or do anything. Like I was going like, dude, this is my president. Like we just got the worst attack of all time, and he's fumbling around with this speech that doesn't do anything for me. I'm like, it, you know, you're supposed to like make me feel good about myself, right? Well, A Rod is kind of the same type of speaker. Uh, pay too much, doesn't know how to talk makes a, a ton of faux pas, you know, uh, on social media and within the media in general. And I just kind of want to think, uh, you know, why do you think people don't like A-Rod? I, I think it's that he comes across hollow. I mean, I think I think it's just sort of, you, you don't, like if, if we compare it to other people that, that, you know, David Ortiz, for instance, I feel like with David Ortiz, you know, even if it's an act, like it's a really good act, you kind of know, you know, you, you know what you're getting from him. A Rod, it just seems like sort of whatever situation he's in, he's going to act whatever way is he's supposed to act or whatever, and never, never authentically A Rod. And, and then we we kind of have this crazy pause, right? You, you can edit that out, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I can. I'm joking, dude. No, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say about this guy. I mean, it, it's it. You know, it, it was a bad situation from the start. Um, the one thing I, I do want to say about A. Rod is that he's always kind of been seen as this guy that doesn't perform in the playoffs. I think he's had like maybe one or two bad playoffs, but uh, the Yankees don't win their last World Series without him. And if if, if it's PED related or whatever it is, that's fine. Um, it's not that you know I agree or disagree with it, but for for that for that World Series, um, which is a, kind of an important World Series that I'm not going to get into today, I'm, I'm going to kind of leave you guys going like, oh wow, what's he talking about? Um, <laughs> I mean, he he was he was a monster. I mean, he won those games like he won like pretty much like four like four or five games just on his bat alone because they were down a lot during those <laughs> during those games, and he would always come back with a major hit. So um, I don't I don't like him. But at least I'll call him A Rod from now on, and not Purple Lips. You know I like you've, Purple you've Lips. Deserved, you've you've earned the right to be called A Rod, A Rod, yeah. or A Hole. Oh, yeah. hey, A Rod, hey. A Rod, the A Hole. <laughs> this has been three strikes on the Stew Pod. Stay tuned with me, and Chris Wick, coming back, and we'll have more bad news ramen probably next week. Hey, hey, I love you. This We are back on the Stew Pod. Thanks to Bad News Ramen and Yasmati Grandal for joining us on the show today. Chris, uh, we, we got to talk a little more about the fight that happened in A's Clubhouse because I think it was fascinating. Um, potentially, you know, the idea that we've... Teammates fight a lot, but we don't ever see very often where teammates fight and we know about it and one of them gets hurt and that's why they're on the disabled list. Uh, I, I would venture to say that maybe it's happened in the past and we just don't know it's because... Like, we don't know that's what happened, and it has happened. Um, but I thought it was fascinating that, you know, Billy Butler basically got punched in the head by a teammate, ended up on the, the DL with a concussion, and everyone's just talking about it like, you know, it's kind of matter of fact. I guess so. The, the fact that, well, the details of, of this whole thing are just absurd to me. So I don't, you want to run down... <laughs> why this happened? So basically, the the story, as it's been reported by Susan Slusser of the San Francisco Chronicle, who uh, we have every reason to believe she's a great reporter, is that um, Danny Valencia was meeting with a, a rep from a cleats company, who I guess was questioning him about whether he actually wore those cleats on the field. 
and because he had some other brand in, in his locker, and he's like, no, 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 I just wear those, you know, for, for practice or whatever. And Billy Butler chimes in like, oh no, he's lying. He actually, you know, doesn't wear them, and and uh, you know, just kind of jawing back and forth, which you know, athletes athletes do that. I mean, they mess with each other, but uh, obviously a different thing when you have someone in there who is responsible for giving you, you know, thousands of dollars in endorsement. Right. And uh, so you know that 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 ended. I think Billy Butler told him you should drop Danny Valencia. Yeah. Which, you know, pretty pretty directly. That, that's that's not good. And then afterward, uh, Valencia told Billy Butler like, don't ever do that again. And Billy Butler said, what are you going to do about it? Uh, and then he said, you're not going to you know you're not going to do anything. And then Danny Valencia actually did something. So um, that that kind of went down based on all the reports we've heard. Uh, I mean. I just, I, I mean, I don't get it from the fact of like, you, you just as as a as a human being, you just don't do that, right? I mean, there, there's a line between. Well, wait, which side? You talking about Butler? Not yeah. Not matters. Talking about Valencia punching a guy in the head. I, I mean, I would say from from Butler's perspective, like, like you know, you know better when to. You know, when you're joking with your teammate and when you're like, oh, I could actually get this guy in trouble for something or cost him some money or, yeah. you know, something like that. It sounded like, you know, they were just kind of buddies and or, or had like a little bit of a thing where they yap back and forth at each other. And But there's there's a time and a place for that, you know? And yeah. And this obviously wasn't the time and the place. No, I definitely feel like it's it was just, I don't know, mocking gone too far. Because, like, you know, in the workplace – you can tease your coworker or whatever, but in a matter of, you know, if if someone at your company is like up for a raise or something, and then you're telling the person responsible for giving them that raise, oh, don't. Why would you give this guy a raise? I don't know. Exactly. That you're affecting the man's livelihood at that point. And yeah. That to me is is most certainly out of line. And I understand, you know, baseball can't really compare it to an office job, but I, I feel like the parallels work a little bit here. So my, my important question for you, Chris, because, you know, this is generally when we do the important questions. Yep. Has anyone ever basically been your Billy Butler? Has anyone ever done that to you, and then did you punch him in the Ooh. face? Wow. Uh, that's a good question. And, and not necessarily in, in a, you know, promotion, job, money type situation. But, I mean, even just like, hey, you're, you know, out and about uh, talking to a girl or something, and your homeboy comes in and is like, da 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 I mean, have you, have you ever had a situation where one of your friends or one of your people close to you just totally was out of line and you wanted to punch him in the head? I'm sure I have. I can't think of one off the top of my head. Do you have one to share, or are you just are you putting this on me? I'm putting it on you mostly. Mostly uh, on you. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a time I just was totally sold out by someone. I'm I'm certain that that bad news Robin, if you were here, would tell you that I did that to him. Although I don't think I have. Um. That uh, I would think that he probably did that to you often. He strikes me as someone who would sell you out in a second. I uh, I don't know that I have a great story about that. I, ho- I was hoping you would. Yeah, you you put me on the spot here. What what about uh, we we discussed this off the air earlier in the week? But if uh, if you had to fight anyone from big leagues too, <laughs> who who would you take on in the Slack clubhouse? That's that's the rejected uh, big leagues stew roundtable questions. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know, you, man. you're gonna say me, so. Yeah, I think I'd have to I'd have to take you on. Uh. All the, all the pent up frustration, of of doing a podcast together. 
right working so closely together at some point chris i just want to punch you i'm, I'm just kidding i, I don't i i, I like to like everybody in blue too i don't want to punch anyone now jeff passing on the other hand oh if well jeff Passan okay, was on the fair. list jeez yeah and he's uh he's probably back in the country now so you could go find him he is so who who you have to answer the question who would you want to punch well i this is I'm I'm copying this from what I told you, but I would pick you because it, it's like prison rules at big leagues too. You go up to the biggest, baddest guy on the first day, and you just beat the crap out of him to assert your dominance. <laughs> so, so then what I what I would have had to do is is be like, I'm not fighting any of you guys. I'm gonna go fight Kevin Kaduck because he was <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah. Okay. You just beat up the warden. <laughs> but or or Jeff Passan, right? Because Jeff Passan is the is the like star inmate. That's true, right. yeah. It's like going to beat up Clayton Kershaw your first day in the Dodgers to, to bring it full circle back to the Dodgers. There it is. Yeah. We did it. <laughs> All right. Let's be done. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. I hope you're, hope you're glad we're back. We're glad we're back. And, Chris, tell the people what they need to do. If you've enjoyed hearing us talk about baseball, you should uh, rate and review us in iTunes. It's easy to do. Just uh, pop open your, your iTunes app. Type in StewPod in the search bar, and hopefully you'll give us five stars. Maybe write us a comment. Uh, these are helpful, I believe. So give us uh, give us some help there, um, and uh, get us get us higher up in the podcast rankings or whatever that that does. Take us up on the charts. Yeah, there we go. Zoom up the charts. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening to StewPod. We'll be back next week for Chris Swick. I'm Mike Oz. See you later. Bye.